Hey, and welcome to this week's edition of the Rugby Report Card. I uh, just want to first off and say no, I haven't started uh, writing my uh, my letters of apology to Quaid. My penmanship is terrible, uh, but I, I am... Unacceptable. Sorry, Jim. However, I am in the process of growing a terrible mullet, thanks to the fact that no hairdresser is open. Uh, with me is two very ebullient, jubilant, effervescent uh, gentlemen. Uh, with me is Blake. Hey, mate. I'm glad you owned him. It's important that you do because it's going to be a rough hour for you. Oh. So I'm good, mate. I'm really good. As long as it's a little bit rough for Jim as well. How's the tack going, Jim? Look, it hurts. But I'm actually going to go quite easy on you, Richard. I think, um, you know, we, we put you down last week. Don't you weasel your way out of this, Jimbo Jones. You sat here. You sat here last week and told us the Springboks were going to win. So don't you jump on my bandwagon and say you were Team Quaid. You're just as pommy as this pom over there. Don't you understand why I do that, though? After years of heartbreak, after years of heartbreak, I just have to assume they're going to lose so I can manage my emotions effectively and thus manage my relationships effectively. It's, it's the right thing to do. I don't want Jim in his pommy group. Mate. He doesn't fit in either of us. We're, well. Nobody wants him anymore. He's an outsider. No one wants him. No one wants him at all. But I tell you, the Queen, man. I tell you who does want this, though. Wallaby fans. I I genuinely think, in terms of um, positivity, there was 2019 Perth, but I think that was tarnished by the red card. It was a one off game. I've honestly got. Absolutely. 2015 World Cup is the last time I saw the Wallabies play this good two weeks in a row. It's the last time I, I believed in this green and gold outfit. Um, so I'm feeling on top of the world. Um, and no, I haven't left the house. But from what I've seen on the internet, I think that's that's the feeling amongst Aussie rugby fans, which is really, really nice. I mean, how long have we been doing this podcast? Even before we were with green and gold, I don't think the Wallabies have ever had a good season since we've been doing it. Um, it, it feels nice to have back-to-back performances. So I am feeling great. Look, I've noticed that too. You look at all the headlines and all the chat, and I don't want to shit on it because it's been so long since we've wanted to celebrate something like this. But it feels a bit like we're getting carried away. It feels a bit like we're pumping up a product. We've just had one really good win. It was undeniably a really good win yesterday. And we, I don't think we were beaten too poorly on any side of the park there. But the week before, we scraped through, right? Now, it's awesome. Two wins, world champions. I don't think they've ever called themselves that, but they are. Um, two home ground wins. Don't take that away. But I'm not quite sure I'm getting as carried away as what I'm seeing everyone else is. Awesome win. Love it. We still got a lot of work to yeah, do. I think it's really important that you, you do mention that. But I, f- I feel like if you can't celebrate the wins, then what is sport? You've got to live in the moment. Yeah, I'm with Richard. I'm with Richard on that one. We've just got to enjoy this one. Um, it's been six long years since Wallabies have done a couple of weeks in a row like this. I'm just enjoying it. I'm just enjoying this win. Um, yeah, things aren't perfect. I don't think we're going to beat the All Blacks tomorrow, but who cares right now? Let's just enjoy this. We're not playing tomorrow, so fuck it. If you're going to spruik it, now's the time because you've got the Argies. That's right. You're the Argies two weeks in a row. This is where you tune in. Are they all that jazz? Of course they have. Have you seen that team play? Yes. So let's enjoy it. Just for the record, your, your, um, your results against Argentina haven't been great recently, let's be honest, boys. But uh, what angle do you want to take? I don't... Uh, you won't bring me down today, Richard. <laughs> I won't stoop to your level. I don't think the Queen has a stake in South America, does she? Yes, mate, she does. I follow the Queen. Man. She has a stake everywhere, mate. Um, could I actually ask, what angle do you want to take? Because I agree, I don't think there's, there's any point going through individual players. I think we need to look at the collective um, and maybe some of the, the takeaways from the game. And I think my one, I'd love to know your opinion on, is what did, you, what did you think of the change in, in style? And what I mean by that is, is you looked at, someone brought out the, start, the stats about how many passes there were, and Australia only made 89 passes. Their defence was, was uh, heroic on the line at times. They were much more clinical. They, they found mistakes in that, chink, in that armoury of the South African team. And they went hunting for Henri Pollard, you know, and they, they were a little bit smarter. So what has been the change? Do we put it down to, because we can't just put it at Quaid's feet. Is it a change of tactic? Um, is it confidence? Um, what is it? Because you're playing without the ball a lot more in the last two games than beforehand. Um, again, I'm just going to reiterate some similar points from last week. It is, um, it is bringing two tried and tested Wallabies back into the squad. Samu Karevi, who would, you know, 
could be in the conversation for a World 15 at Inside Centre. He has added stupendous amounts to this team. It's Quade Cooper's game management, his ability to kick the ball long when that option is necessary, um, and his lack of panic. So it's all of those things, which is, I think, the nucleus that was missing, the game management that was missing in the French series. And then the other point, and I don't want to keep coming back to it, but you just have to, it's just not playing the All Blacks. They're just that far ahead. Yeah, I knew you'd, you'd come up with that point. And you know I love a stat. You do realise if you look at all the other teams that you've played recently, you've got a pretty dire record against most. So it's, it's Yeah, why bring like you down come... today, Richard? I think well, this squad saying... has only existed for this season. You know, in a post-World Cup, a post-COVID world, under Dave Rennie, this is their first season. So basically... And I'm taking 2-1 against France, 2-0 against the Springboks, and getting bent over by the All Blacks is a pretty good indication. And that's without our two best players against that French series. Two best players out. But that debunks your theory then of playing New Zealand too much then. Because you're just saying it's just this season. So it, it debunks I'm what saying you're this saying. season, the evidence is just don't play New Zealand and would look like well beaters. <laughs> If, if don't play New Zealand, rugby's bigger than AFL in Australia. It's fucking huge, mate. <laughs> I'm actually going to set up a GoFundMe for just New Zealand to sit out for two years. How exciting would world rugby be? Every game would be so bloody exciting. It'd be the best competition in the world. <laughs> They're just too good. Unmatched. They're just too good for us. Again, I urge you to look at the, your record against other nations, and it'll be interesting to see if you came up with the same argument. But the fact that you just said it's this. You're the stats, man. The onus of that's on you. You bring the stats to this podcast. Hey, I, I got them. I got them, boys. I got them. If you'd like them, I can read them out to you if you want. Nah, that's all good. And again, I'm, to me, this is a... It'd be depressing for you. This is a new squad. This is a new makeup. And this squad under this coach in this system... Um, looks like a really impressive, promising rugby team. Absolutely. So you uh, want looks about third in the world to me. Absolutely. So you want to test yourself against New Zealand there. So don't stop no, running scared no, of definitely them. not. Definitely not. If you want to be number one, then you've got to go that far, surely. I, I used to subscribe to that theory. I used to subscribe to you want to play the best team as much as you can because that's only going to make you better. But I think we're a classic case study of that not being true. You make yourself better against slightly less um, talented teams. Mm. You know, you build your confidence because it's a confidence mm. sport, man. Kicking is such a crucial part in it. Kicking is 90% confidence. Who would you want to play? Because you've lost four out of the last five against Ireland. England. You've lost, lost four Richard, out of five against if Ireland. If you want to go this right, who's ranked number one in the world? New Zealand. Who's two? Australia. Who's three? Uh, who's two? South Africa. Who's three? Australia. I'm confident we'll take the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. British and Irish Lions just came down, got spanked by South Africa. Um, France just came down, got spanked by Australia. I I'm confident Southern Hemisphere rugby is in a really good spot. Uh, and I'm confident the Wallabies are in a really good spot. I think we... Uh, underrated us against the All Blacks because the All Blacks are that good. That's the point I'm trying to make. We were all doomsday in here because the All Blacks were that good. Now, perhaps I'm overrating us with home games um, in the other sense, but as you said at the start of this conversation, we've got to take the wins, mate. Absolutely. I've been on this podcast for six years shitting on the Australian boys. I'm going to take a good season and I'm also going to acknowledge that I underrated us against the All Blacks but I think that is because they are just that good. I mean, they ran a D team this weekend and took the piss out of the Argentinians and had about 19 disallowed tries. Could have been 100 nil. Anyway, I just love the fact that uh, you, you both have your bit, which was super fun. Uh, uh, so, uh, Well, don't come at us with the best weekend we've had in Australian rugby in six years. Oh, it was funny. Um, if you're coming at us, Richard, you best not miss it. <laughs> You're the one penning the leather. Oh, mate, I, I didn't miss both of you. I could, both of you dip truly, which is fantastic. You hit the bullseye. Hit the bullseye. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to it, like the best form or whatever. If there's a few injuries that hit this team or if Karevi just decides to go play somewhere else, our entire attacking structure has to be different. We don't have a like-for-like like replacement with him. Our whole, you, know, you talk about Quaid being the matured game manager. I think Karevi was the matured game manager. He was the one when things were shit, took the ball, took the light on and guarantees us ad line. And only off that platform can we then reset and actually build some shit. I thought Nick White managed the game much more than Quaid did. 
don't get me wrong, I love the role Ten's playing. I like the pressure off him. But he's not stimulating or creating that much attack for us other than getting the big boys up front on a front foot ball delightfully. Yeah, but I think we need to... That's my concern. Yeah, but I think we also need to look at the bigger picture. And we, we've shattered the Wallabies a lot, quite rightly, because they've not, they've not performed against multiple teams. But I agree with my set, the, the statement I said at the beginning, we need to take the positives, or you guys need to take the positives. And you mentioned Karevi, yeah, but the pack. The pack needs credit, credit where credit's due. You know, the pack worked a lot harder this week. Their mall defence was absolutely outstanding at, at times. Uh, the South Africans didn't execute well enough in, in that section. Their execution at, break to, at breakdown was much better. You know, they only lost like two rucks the entire game. They, they got over the ball a lot better this time. So as much as it's easy to talk about game management at the 10 and 12, but I think that, that the pack and even the front row, the Angus Bell and, and Tupo uh, played really, really well. And I think there's a, we, we should look at those positives. Set piece, even exits were a bit better um, this time as well. I'll talk um, pack in a moment. I just got to bite on Jim's point. Um, I, d- I don't think underplaying Quaid, he played fantastic. What are you talking about? Like, I, it's not an either or. I think Karevi perhaps played better over the two games, but Quaid played sensational, mate. Like, I, I don't think it's an opportunity to shit on him. He's played brilliant. Um, I don't think it's an either or. I'm not shitting on him. I'm, not, I'm saying you take Karevi out of that team, we need to come up with a completely different attack, and he's just managing this maturely. Agreed. He's not stepping or, or throwing people into holes or anything. There's no absolute magician work from him, and he doesn't need to do that. Exactly. He's doing his job at 10 perfectly. But I do think um, Paisami is a great understudy for Samo Karevi. Um, and and I, I think we forget that he was our best player until, until he stopped playing for us. Um, I think it is a nice position to be in there. Don't get me wrong, he hasn't been as dominant as Samo Karevi has, um, but he's had the benefit of not playing the All Blacks like Paisami did. So I, I think we're in a good yeah. spot there. If I shift over to the forwards, as Richard said, Sensational, sensational. Um, that that tight five, we just didn't see them earlier this season um, and, and we're really, really seeing them now. I think Rodder and Philip, whatever they learnt overseas, they have brought back in spades. How much better do we look than when we had Salakai Loto in there? Um, how much? Oh, yeah, like, just the work rate. Compare the work rate. It's, it's on another level. The more defence, as Richard said, um, we did our homework and I, I think that's credit to McKellar. I was giving him a hard time last week, but two weeks ago, all of a sudden we knew how to defend a South Africa more. I also thought it was refereed better, um, but our more defence was incredible. I'm, I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to say this is a question, but I, but I do think it's where we're headed. It was a couple of Bockies fans tweeted us today, today and said, Taniela Tupo is the best prop in the world, and that hurts to say from a Bockies fan's perspective. Um, I'm going to pose this as a question, but I guess I'll give you my background, which is he dominated Super Rugby AU. He dominated every scrum um, in Trans-Tasman. He more than held his own when he was on the field against New Zealand, dominated France. Now, the South African pack beat up the lines at scrum time. Now, Tupo is running over their scrum. Uh, in the midst of this scrummaging dominance, the bloke is making line breaks, given no-look passes, and eating blokes, how long until he is the best prop in the world? Soon. I, I, don't, I felt like the scrum particularly was a bit even. I thought, mm. I thought we didn't dominate them and they didn't completely dominate us. So his scrummaging is very much up to par. I don't want to shit on that. I think what we're talking about with Tupo is he's playing like the hookers of New Zealand. He's playing like a Dane Coles. He's playing like a Cody Taylor where off the mark, man, is there another, is there another dude quicker than him? He's sick, his silky skills, even though he might fuck one in three up, I'm fine with that. Um, I, I heard the commentators say, oh, no, I won't go into it, but, like, his skills and his, and his work rate and his pace is making him dynamic and better than any other prop. You know, he's outlasting that. Richard? I just think we, I, I would agree with, with most of all your points. The only thing that I would say is that there's still question marks uh, and I would disagree with your point about scrum time. There's still question marks about how um, he's scrummaged. Now, majority of the time, his shoulders start straight, which is great, and he scrummages. And if he turns in, that's fine, as long as he started straight. However, 
I feel like there's still a no, there's still a, a, a big enough question mark about his scrubbage inability. I don't question everything out. Absolutely. He, he's playing like a dang Coles. He's so young. He's like, what, early 20s, mid-20s? He's like 25, I think. 25. So he's an outstanding rugby player. And in the loose, he is so dynamic. Um, so scrubbage would be one question mark. Um, and the second thing was just because he plays so loose, uh, and again, I suppose against South Africa, it, this, this theory is debunked. I just, I would like him to get a little bit more dirty in and around the ruck time, you know, not just stand at the fringes. But to answer your question, do I think he's the, probably the best prop in the world? Yes. Could he get better? Yes, as well. Mm. And isn't that exciting? Yeah. He could get better. Mm. Um, my only qualms with him is the one that I brought up is just overplaying that role, getting in his head that he has all these skills and him, him feeling like he needs to make an impact on the game and sort of getting carried away with that, which might see him come out of the line when he shouldn't, hit a ruck too hard, which will result in a yellow, whatever it might materialise as, that's my concern. And that's where I'll give it up to Brad Thorne. I think we're seeing less and less of that. There's still sort of one in every four or five games. you jump out of the line for a big hit and balls it up, um, but he seems to have really reined that in. Um, and, yeah, look, with his scrummaging, I think you're right. When that spider can sits over the top of him, there's a few question marks there, but I think you just got to look at the penalty counts. Um, and I don't, I don't have the stats, Richard. Yeah, the stats, man. Mm. Um, but I, but I don't think he's penalised much at all. Um, so yes, there might be question marks over it, but he just doesn't seem fucking Al Baxter. I'm used to that idiot being penalised four hundred times a game. Mm. Um, but Tupo gets penalised a little bit, but I, I tend to <laughs> not see it as much as as other props. So that that type five, to your point, Richard, really really stepped up. Yeah, mm. look. Um, just looking over your shoulder, Richard, there, I see you've got the penalty count 17-9 against the Wallabies. Is that right? It is. Yeah. And what you'll, what you'll see, a lot of that shit is stupid stuff. Like the game started with Philip just trying to impose his presence, right? And, and unnecessarily so. It, it takes the, nothing more takes your wind out of your sails than that. Um, I don't know if, if the scrum would be as disbalanced as that. I think if I think it was we need to realise, yes, it's a 17-9 penalty count, but you'd, you'd expect that. Because the the thing is, like, you know, look at the game. What actually what actually happened? Where was the game played? I think we, that's what we what you need to think about. No cauldron, mate. And, and I also cool. think with the the youth of our pack, I don't mind Philip and Swinton having that fire in their belly. And I know Swinton pisses a lot of people off because there clearly seems to be some deficiencies in technique there. But I think right now with the youth of some of these forwards. Because um, they're such a young pack, I like have I like having that fire, uh, and I think with a bit more experience, you control the referee a bit better. Um, it did feel like from minute twenty five till about minute sixty five, we had lost the referee, um, and it was probably because of some you know fire in the belly, some dumbass decisions, um, and I, I I think that's part of youth. Um, and that's where it's on your Hoopers and your Crevies and your Nick Whites and your Quades to rein them in. It's, it's Swinton's mindset, eh? I'd love to see his, uh, his penalty record on the road. How many speeding tickets? How many did he run away from? How many cops did he have a go at? He's, you picked him, mate. He's your enforcer in your ice hockey team. You fucking, you picked him and that's what you wanted. I don't want Hannigan falling over. I want Swinton eating blokes. Yeah, I'm down for that too. Because and, and, we can carry him now. Is there a more leveled bloke than Valentini, man? Does anything phase that cat? Could I? Could I just say just, just, just two things about, uh, about just to build on? We talked about tight five, but uh, the loose forwards as well. Two things. My issue about Swinton is becoming a consistency basis. It seems like if someone gets under his skin. Uh, metaphorically, I feel like he ends up reacting, and I think he could be a liability long term. Okay, and again, his technique. I'm not only a clean up, but tackling type. Uh, you've talked about Sean McMahon coming back in. You know, um, he's been playing eight for Suntory. You know, he could be that sixth option. Uh, but I think the back row all looked a lot better this week. But when you did have the ball, which wasn't that often, because you were winning contact, which really surprised me. And I've shit on the Wallabies a lot for not uh, winning, enough, uh, winning enough of that contact. But every time that they won the contact, it gave him such go forward and it made you a lot more clinical. Uh, but one thing that also um, did that was the support play I thought was much better. You know, seven offloads, um, 62 carries. Like, I think the support play was a lot better in this game than what it was in, in previous games. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon you're spot on there. Mm. What about for you, not moving forward, though, in terms of 
the Australians having better basics in this game? Is that because of just, and I don't want to go back to the New Zealand point, I really don't, but do you think it was, what did the, the South Africans not do well this game in your, in your guys' opinion? Showed up. <laughs> um, they're just a bit slower at everything, mate. They're just not in your face in defence like the All Blacks are. I think they hit you harder um, just about, but they're just not as quick. The, yeah. the game is slower. Um, and, mm. and if you're Taniela Tupo, you can play 78 minutes because the fucking bockies are on the ground half the time. You're out there having a drink with a physio. Um, it is just a slower game. And if you make a small error, well, you're fielding a box kick. You make an error against the All Blacks, you're behind your goalposts going, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Um, it seems to be a big difference there. I just wanted to quickly touch on Swinton and Valentini. I just want to say, Valentini, we frothed him all Brumby season. Um, you know, junior arty stuff. He's going to be this and that. He came into the Wallabies. He's been pretty average. And I think we've been pretty harsh on him on this podcast. Looks like the last couple of weeks, his game line, his physicality has started to, to shift up that notch and he's starting to look a number eight. Um, and I think that's really, really exciting. And, I, and on Swinton's one, it'd be remiss of me not to touch it. And I promise I won't spend long, long on it because we do it most podcasts. But that fucking yellow card, I, oh, there's no words how angry that made me. My phone just blows up. Every single leaguey I know, anyone, I, it just, oh, God, it makes my blood boil. Um, it just infuriates me. And the fact that it was a red card that they were going with and it was like one split second of clarity from the TMO after talking themselves into yellow and into red, they brought it back down to a yellow fucking mind-blowing it made me so angry I, I just those decisions infuriate me infuriate me so much and then with two minutes to go the bockies bloke commits a bloody red card eight game suspension offense and we have a quick look at it give him a yellow and get on with it like it's not a thing you know what it really does come across as those refs were just bullied by rugby players at school, and then here's their chance to get one back. That's how it reads. Swinton took their lunch money in year nine. Swinton took their lunch money. I know that's not the case, but that's how it's received. It just seems them coming together and be like, this is what we waited for, Brian. This is it. We've got all the cameras on us. Let's send it. Do you remember that atomic wedge in year eight? I haven't forgotten. They shat on me for doing (laughs) drama. Well, fuck them. It's my turn. Those waist high lockers you stuffed me in. Is that well, I remember? Is that you the reason why you became around the chest? I'm giving him a red, Brian. <laughs> Richard, I wouldn't talk too highly about uh, Jim's refereeing. He once penalised someone for double lifting in the lineout. So yeah, I thought you couldn't lift more than one person. I went like two seasons doing that. No one said anything. <laughs> so just so. to clarify, that's the level of rugby knowledge we're working with. That's what we're working oh, man, on. This was years ago. <laughs> years ago. Just for the record, that still throws me when they do it. Just for the record, weren't you the hooker too? Yeah. So didn't you <laughs> ever? <laughs> so you know, I just throw it in. You, you, you never had two pods or anything. You just like just hit the front guy, yeah. No, I just all I had to do was throw it in straight. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> that's it. To be fair, that's a pretty. And I was a god. <laughs> that's good. Chiselled, I'm sure. Yeah. Literally, that's what you graded on at that age group. Does he throw it straight? Getting me. The Wallabies are the same. Flowerfinger won yep. the throwing in contest by the looks of things. He's throwing it in relatively straight at the moment, uh, and it all checks yeah. out. I just, I just want to, I just want another see if it, see if this one's successful too. How much credence do we give to the point that the the Bockies players are just mentally, physically fatigued from such a, a, a fantastic series? You know that was was shit. You know, I know that's my feeling about it, and I, I didn't enjoy it. Um, and that's the real reason why they've underplayed their their hand this time. Yeah, look. They got to be right. There has to be some level of fatigue because it's not the Bocky team that I saw play the Lions. Um, you could you could tell that they came out with a yeah they passed the ball with wow. a considered game plan though. They were running it. They were ki- trying to keep it in hand more. They weren't kicking it as much as they were. And you're the stat guy, Richie. You tell me what the kick comparison is. But it definitely did come off like that. And all we saw is that they can't do it. They, they, they can't score points by keeping ball in hand. And I reckon the selection of, of Lucanio Am at 13 fucking is the deciding figure of that. Mm. They've got a 12 and 13 who are not creative at all, and nor do they see the ball. And he's purely there for defence because mm. um, he's, he's quite strong in the contact there, Lucanio. But outside of that, mate, they tried to change their game a little bit here mm. to no prevail. Mm. And the British and Lions, they, don't they look shit now? 
Yeah, absolutely. Don't they absolutely. Job. They do they do. A very, very Gatlin should be on JobKeeper, mate. He should what not have a gig um, after that. Well, what point does um uh does Warren Gatlin, if he if he does really shit with the Chiefs this year, does the myth of him being the most, you know, the best Welsh coach in all time, blah, 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 you know, one two won a series and drew a series for the Lions. At what point does the myth start of how great he is start to diminish? You know where that will play out? In in the fans, it'll play out in Twitter. In the dark web, Reddit. That's where that will start to grow. <laughs> Reddit, <laughs> and then shit will trickle over to mainstream media, and then it'll be. Gatlin has been living off up. that military haircut for five years. There's no rugby smarts here. It's just a very smart haircut. He'll be at the Tars next, mate. Uh. <laughs> to to your question about fatigue, Richard, and and the uh, South African team. Originally, I got defensive, and I was going to say none plays no implication <laughs> at all. Um, clearly, has some it has some involvement in this, but they were up for it. You know, they were up for it. You know what this meant to them to come over here and prove that they were number one in the world. Um, but yeah, it obviously plays another role. The other the other thing we haven't discounted is Colby not playing. Probably the best player in the world. Oh. Um, Colby not playing has really, really benefited us. He's probably the only attacking weapon. Um, so, you know, th- that comes into the equation a little bit too. Um, but I just want to say to Jim's point about Am at 13, sure, it's Dialande's the problem, mate. I took the piss and I said he's a glorified Tom Carter. He's worse than Tom Carter. The bloke's in fucking slow motion. Like I pop pop the little player cam on and just watched him for a bit. He's a bum. I don't know yeah. what he's got over him. He doesn't pass. He runs like a second rower, and he doesn't move laterally very well at all. Karevi schooled him no. for 160 minutes. So, yeah. Just a, just a few, just a few things. Guys. That's very disrespectful to second rowers, man. Could you please could you please take that back? There's a lot of that's a lot of disrespect. There's no quick ones though, are there? No, no. Yeah, second rowers. So you talk, yeah, did you see the, the Kiwi second rowers that I've got in there? No wonder Retallic got dropped. They're free. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> off, Jim. I'm not touching that. A <laughs> uh, couple of things, though, but to your point, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't only just say Colby. I think if you look at the fact of Lude not playing, Snayman not playing, Steph Detroit not playing, you can't. It's, it's what you've got to play in front of you. And just it wasn't just players that were missing. They were directionless, just inaccurate. So uh, I agree with your point that they were missing Ches and Colby and missing out, but I don't think it would have made that difference, that bigger difference, because A, they may not have ever got the ball. They butchered that three-on-one pretty much overlap, you know. So uh, I think you, you can only play what's in front of you, and Australia deserves to win both games. Yeah, it's impossible to measure what impact Colby would have had. Obviously, an, an outstanding player. But we pumped um, him. But my, my pimpy's just as light on his fo- feet. And that other guy's just as light and, and attacking prowess as well. Never saw the ball, man. Yeah. I, I think the ones in uh, the ones in tight, Lude, Snayman, and Steph Detroit would have been would have been bigger ones. Um, but yeah, Chesney Colby is one of the best players, if not the best player in the world. We missed him off our list last week. I, I think of them though. Detroit's probably the only one who runs on um, of the of the pack. But anyway, moving on to the Wallabies. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, this is the first time the Bockies have conceded four tries in three years. Um, it's an incredible effort. Who, who's the credit go to here? Because we didn't have much pill. I think we're running at 39%. Um, and, and I want to give a shout-out to Lenny Ikatao's absolute athletic talent. Um, those first two tries to put us in the lead, and we all spoke about the need to be leading the Bockies. Um, Lenny Ikatao's sheer athleticism and ability to get over the line, especially the first try, um, is, is just incredible. And we've been pretty quiet on him because he hasn't had a bad minute in a Wallaby jersey. He's just had some quiet games. I think we owe a lot of credit there. And I think we owe a lot of credit to Dave Rennie, who picked a kid who played 20 minutes of Super Rugby to go on a Wallaby tour. 12 months later, he's the Wallaby 13 scoring two tries in 20 minutes against a team who hasn't conceded two tries in three years. Um, I think Dave Rennie deserves some pat on the back there. I know we go pretty hard at coaches on this when things don't go their way, but to spot someone like Lenny Cattell and then to stick with him when you've got Pattaya, mm. when you've got Paisami and they're fit and they're ready to go, but to believe in Lenny Cattell, um, I, I thought it was an awesome moment, well-deserved, yeah. and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Len, still my sunshine, Ikatao. Um, Don't know if you get that reference. Cracking tune. But most impressively, he's breaking the tackle. He broke two tackles across the line the first go. 
there is so much untapped talent there. If you're impressed now um, in this fostering, nurturing system that Mother Rennie has created, um, it's going to open up for him. Um, and he just needs to be, I don't, I don't know how long-term Karevi is, but I think a lot of his success will be based on the consistency of the 12. Uh, in terms of who to play, pay a bit more credit and, and to, yeah, I agree with your point, Ikitao. Yes, completely. But I feel like you still need to go back to those forwards and set a bit of a platform. They kept it in tight, uh, they, which meant that South Africa had to had to throw more men, in, men into the breakdown. The way it was refereed meant that the fact that uh, Australia were competing more, which meant that when they did turn the ball over, there was a greater uh, space out wide. Um, so I think that for not only all those people you've mentioned, but I think the, the forwards need a, a big wrap as well. And also Vinnick White and Tech McDermott keeping those uh, post defenders real honest um, in around that breakdown as well was, was, I think, really important. Yeah, and on that, and it's not like me to turn something into how good is Quaid, uh, but how good <laughs> is Quaid? I actually think um, one of the things that we saw in the Guinea Quaid years, and they were glorious years, was how well Quaid trusted Genia. And you just see him point at Genia and say, you fucking sort it out. I don't want the pill. I don't want it. To have the confidence to say, I don't want the pill. Um, and you saw him do it. He stands at first receiver and literally points at Nick White, don't give it to me. I don't want it right now. We're not in a good position to do it. Make the forwards. Give me quick ruck ball. Then I'm interested. Um, and I actually think he he plays a role in that game management. Um, and it's something he used to do with Genia a lot. And that's why we used to play a lot out of nine. And Quay can pick his pick his times. And I think it's uh, it's working really, really nicely. And we're seeing more of Valentini and Swinton and Tupo as ball carriers because we're pointing, just truck it up, boys, truck it up, truck it up. And I think that's that's really nice. Yeah, there was some, there was genuine a few stars in this game, eh? And if I was to tat them all, I'd run out of ass cheek. So I'm, you got to come and give me a short list here. Just Quaid, mate. Just Quaid will do. Where do I put it? But I'm going to put first and last each cheek. That's what I was thinking. I don't know. <laughs> um, talk about players that did well. I think yeah. I think uh, we'll, we'll move on from that. Is to talk about the fact that Australia negated the the, the high game to a certain point. We didn't. The high. We we atrocious. No, if we, we were good under the high yeah, ball, mate, this game would have been over after 20 minutes. Every time they got back into it was us dropping the fucking high ball. Yeah, I was, I was trying to be nice about it because I was trying to lead this to Tom Banks, who's unfortunately injured, and in terms of where do we move forward in terms of uh, having a fullback. That was, that was my, my but wasn't that a case of you don't know how good you've got it until it's gone? We've been shitting on Tom Banks for months. He leaves the field. We drop the next five high balls. I'm like, where's Tom Banks? <laughs> where's Banksy? Get him out there with one arm. That'll do. We really missed him, didn't we? <laughs> uh, I, the thing on Banks, though, is... Is forearm straight to the head, isn't it? Yeah, that red card, man. No one talks about that just because he broke his arm. <laughs> it was all good. It's all just poor dude. It's just hit him in the head. What's going on? I, I, do, I can't say I've had enough attention. I think I was cheering. He was going off at the top. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, but, 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 but I really miss him now. He, I realise how good he was. Um, Player welfare, man. So, yeah, the question is, who is your 15? And I guess I think Rennie will reward success, which is Hodge. Um, and Hodge is interesting because he actually had two huge plays that we built tries off. His defence was brilliant. His kicking game is a genuine exit kicker, um, and we were really struggling with their exits until Hodge got on the field and just roofed it a couple of times. Um, yeah. But his uselessness under the high ball, he, he just doesn't look a 15 to me. So I think he's yeah, a Yeah, don't get one. me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Useless under the high ball. Useless. Useless. Couldn't couldn't figure it out. But there's something about him. Look, I've been watching Game of Thrones, but he's a bit like the no-name god. He, he, when he's on the field, shit seems to go our way. We tend to win. So it, it's working out. And for other Game of Thrones fans, like you got to love when Khaleesi gets a good shout-out. Reminds me of that blonde queen. It's excellent. I was watching, I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones. I can't say I've ever seen through. an episode. Like, I know you haven't seen so, it. But I, I do like this no-name god theory. Hodges on the yeah, field. Yeah, it's just like good things happen to the Wallabies. Yeah, just with the, he just, yeah, I won't go into what the no name God is, but it just works out for us when Hodge is there. I, I, I'm more than happy. I know I don't get the reference at all, but I'm more than happy to call him twenty number twenty three the entire time and not have to say Hodge his name at all again. If, if we have, can we call him the no name God? I think it's the many face God. I fucked up, man. 
<laughs> what you being inaccurate with someone's name? There's no way. No name, no name works, but we'll run. It's the no name God. I quite like it. I, I can, I can work for that. Who do you play at fifteen? Oh, look, I, I know this is wrecking with a system that works. I don't know. It shouldn't be that place where you say, oh, if you move one person, then it should be, or if someone is injured, you bring someone else in. Don't, don't ruin the systems. I just feel like I want to see uh, Kellaway at 15. I really do. And um, uh, and then even put a Pataya or a Vunavalo on that wing um, long term. I think he's still injured. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's long down. term. Yeah, saying long term. Um, but I just, I just, I'd like to see Kellaway at 15 and just see what it happens. And it puts to bed that idea that, you know, when someone doesn't play well or a team doesn't play, as you've mentioned several times, their stock increases. Um, I just feel like it would be quite exciting to see him in in, in open field against an Argentina team, taking the ball, uh, you know, and running back and creating a bit of havoc because he, he does seem quite dynamic at the moment. And as you say, when he puts on a goal, he seems to up his performance level. All, all the males, James O'Connor, though. Yeah, it'll be the talk of the press kit, the press pit. Who, um, who's running on at 15 this week? Could it be all the chatter? Mm. I, I got a feeling that they'll run with Hodge. But the real question yeah. to me is, uh, is Rennie going to try and experiment and give some players a go who haven't had much field time over these next two tests? Shouldn't or is he going to stick to what he's done for growth? Shouldn't that's be. what I want to know. I'm sorry, but the feel-good factor that's, that's uh, emanating or, or, or all throughout Australia right now will only be undone if you put a, a B-strength team out against Argentina. And even if you scrape a win or you draw a game or whatever it is, or God forbid, you, I don't think you'll lose. They're not that great. I just think the, the whole attitude starts to decrease. You know, put your best team out there and let's, let's create, to use your phraseology, a dynasty, you know, about, about building for the future. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think Argentina are a bit of a sleeper for Australia. They just defend really well. Uh, and you would have said that about the Bockies. Um, but they haven't. I, I just worry that if we don't get an early try or two tries, we, we tend to play ugly against Argentina. We don't have a great record against them. I think it's imperative we run out our full-strength team. If we win the first one comfortably, then then you might, you know, get a few minutes yeah. in a few other blokes. But I think next week's all about winning comfortably. I don't even think you do that because, sorry, Jim, I don't even think you should do that because I think if you win these two games against Argentina, then suddenly you then go to, um, uh, you beat Japan, you beat Scotland, you potentially beat England. See my point about not playing New Zealand? You, you beat Wales, potentially. It's still, it, it, it still, it, it creates. Checks out, doesn't you it? Could, you could lose to Argentina, but I feel like you need to create this momentum. Uh, and, and, um, this is my point about New Zealand. We start every year in Eden Park. Starting, Mate, we could go on a five-game win streak here when we try yeah. after Japan. After starting this. against uh, your first game of an international series against against Reach. against France was your first game. It wasn't starting off against Eden Park against the All Blacks. But did we have some momentum after that France series? Yeah, but it, it's it's, irre, it's irrelevant. You said your first game starting off a season against All Blacks at Eden Park. You didn't know. Yeah, but our real season. Start off the championship. The championship. Oh, sorry, sorry. Change an argument. Sorry. But, but, sorry. but you, were, you were just putting my argument forward. We could go on a seven or eight game straight. This is what happens when you don't have New Zealand in your, in your schedule. Yeah, you could. Absolutely, you could. Um, but, yeah, don't take away. If you're going to this game up in Townsville this week and you wear your yellow to the Aussie game, turn that shit inside out, get your green out, support for South Africa. Because if they pip them, all they have to do is pip them once, we slide in. We slide into first on the championship table. Do you often slide into things, Jim? Well, I feel I get a bit slippery, yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> what did I just agree to? <laughs> I'm not sure. Who do you think plays know. 15? So you're Richard, you're saying Kellaway, Jim, you're no, saying No, no, no. I think I would like Kellaway. I think Hodge will go. I agree with Jim. But the question was who do I who would I like Kellaway, but who do I think will be Hodge? Yeah, I, I've got too many reservations about JOC jumping in there just because he played 10, all years played 10 men and played 10 perfectly. Um, I want to see him come off the bench and get some minutes before you just throw him. Yeah, I agree. To fit in. So I'm, I'm seeing Hodge there. O'Connor off the bench. Uh, I know Rennie was upset. We are supposed to play Argentina's B-side um, on Friday and he expected O'Connor to play a full 80 at 10 for that one um, and Argentina pulled out of the game, which is a bit disappointing. Um, but I, When was this? Uh, it was supposed to be last week. It was like, you know, when uh, the Wallaby B-side had a hit out against the force. That was where Quaid played and played really well, and that's what they picked him off. I think they were looking for the same thing with O'Connor. I thought really interesting hearing Rennie speak um, about O'Connor. I thought it was really, really interesting. He was talking about O'Connor's pace um, and how he was surprised how down on pace O'Connor was. 
um, and that their number one thing at training was to get him at the top speed of all Australian players. You know, he'd be up there with Banks and Corabetti like he used to be, and I think that's how he did his groin and has kept doing his groin. But all the training has been on his speed, and and he was reading between the lines. He was sort of suggesting he wants O'Connor to be that Bowden Barrett 10, that 10 who if you give half an inch, he's got the pace to go through it. And I thought that was really interesting. So I do think the way it sounds like he's been training in the Wallabies, he would suit 15 nicely. Um, if he has picked up a yard of pace from the Super Rugby season, he looks fit. He looks slim uh, when I saw him. I thought that was really interesting. I don't think he plays 15. I think they they probably see him as a 10 long term, maybe a 15. I think he comes off the bench. I want to see Bataille at 15. We know Rennie sees him as a 15. Um, I reckon let's fast track it. Uh, yeah, you could go Callaway to 15 and Bataille on the wing. It's probably smarter. Game two. But I, I, I would love to see Bataille play 15 for the whole game. I don't think it'll happen, but I'd love Less to see pressure. It. He's not going to be any, he's not going to be under the high ball the high ball as much as what he was the last two games. So it gives credence to your point given yeah, that. Yeah, I th- I think Argentina will still take it to us there though. With, with Yeah, absolutely, but still not to the same same level. Um yeah. Yeah. Um, kudos, though. There's lots of positives, though, just to finish off, uh, really. You know, it's great to see Michael Hooper continues to, to do what Michael Hooper does. Uh, you know, it's great that Rennie seems to be show adaptability. Um, Suncorp, great to see so many fans turning out, which is a real positive thing. Um, so I hope that this is a springboard for, for the Wallabies to do well. And Do you, Richard? Yeah, I've said many times that I've, the, the world needs a, a, a successful Wallaby team, you know, and... and um, I think for the game to continue to thrive, it, it, it thrives when you have a successful um, um, culture and you have a successful team. So I really do. Um, plus when, um, you know, it, it needs to happen. And I think there's it, a nice segue into the, the second game in regards to it was just nice to watch a, a, a game of rugby between two teams that you didn't really have a, a dog in the fight, really. You've lived in Australia, man, almost 20 years. You still don't have a dog in that fight. That's crazy. What, the Argentina-New Zealand game? No, I don't, no. Oh, right. The wrong, yeah. Uh, no. Ah. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah it, just an awesome, awesome weekend for Australian rugby. Just a, just nice to feel really genuinely positive. Uh, and it's amazing what a couple of experienced folks can do when you've got a lot of young, raw talent around them. Um, I thought mm. it was really interesting. Hey, I got some mail today. I heard that Harry Wilson is on the outer because of his work rate. And he's dropped outside of the pecking order. Samu and McMahon are both above him now, comfortably, and Swinton and Valentini and Hooper, and then obviously Fraser McBride as well. And he's come right down the pecking order. What do you think about that? If that is true, well, if, if that is true, then good, because he, if he's not working as hard as what he should do and he's not meeting the expectation that Dave Reddy sets out, that a precedent needs to be set, even if he is the best player. Now, I'm not saying that that is the case. You know, if he changes his ways and meets the expectations, then get him to come back in. Uh, but I feel like he's not helped himself if that is the case, because a lot of players have stepped up into that role in the last couple of weeks. And I know it's only a short-term thing, so he might find it back again. And, and players will look at Rennie's decision and say, look, okay, well, I need to work hard. So if that is all true, then I think that's really good. I've always clocked him as a hard worker. So, you know, it does come with surprise. But um, if there's anything that I've noticed, it, it's Samu off the bench over these last two tests has been incredibly impactful. Can I make two points on that, Jim? One, the, the tucked-in shirt. You've got both Samus. You've got Pete Samu and Samu Krevi both tucked in, looking like fucking gentlemen, two weeks in a row running off loads off each other. And then number two, I saw Samu with his shirt off. Holy moly. That lad is in some shape, mate. And he's a dad. I've got a theory. I've got a new theory on the tucked-in shirt. If your shirt's tucked in, your chances of getting a card have dropped dramatically. There's something about a dude with a tucked shirt that just can't commit a, a, a penalty. Well, Quaid left, didn't tuck, came back, tucked. Tucked. Freak. No, no penalties, no cards. Karevi left, wasn't tucked, was a handy 12, missed a few tackles. Tucks, we're talking best 12 in the world now, okay? Yeah, Richard, could you go off, and, and not now, obviously, and just sort of review the tape and tell me how many times, get some numbers running on tuck shirts v cards and, and let me know if that runs true. Hang on one sec. I'll, I'll just uh, I'll just type it in. Holy sh- holy shit! Oh my gosh! That's 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 that is that is that is ridiculous in the history 
of rugby union, not one player who has a tucked in shirt has ever been sin bin, let alone sent off. That is, that is, that's yeah, because you can't commit foul play if you're looking respectable. Hang on, hang on. There's um, no, Lockie Swinton just, just this weekend. Sorry, he wasn't tucked, was he? Doesn't tuck. Come on, you think he's tucking? It's, I think there's there's an element of tuck. What were those two dudes in um, the Knuckle Puck? What's that film? Mighty, Mighty Ducks. Ducks. What were the two dudes who did the Knuckle Puck? The, the, the Bash you know Brothers. Something like that. Yeah. All I remember the is the, fly, the Flying V. That was outstanding. I reckon that could work as a kick return. The Flying V. Done right. The Flying V. <laughs> the flying v. <laughs> in the two-tier system with all tucked in. Done shirts. right. Done right, it could work. So would you would you just kick the ball back? Would you from kickoff you kick it straight down to the down between the posts and just run as a V and hope for the best? What is that is that the strategy? Yeah, that's one way of doing it. That's one way of doing it. Okay, cool. Um, but how about these reserves for all blacks, man? The the forward pack in this game were some of the most giant athletes I've ever seen. And all they needed was a sniff. And it was a tale of two halves, too. It, um, the first half it was very loose and they were having their way with them. But the second half sort of fired the Argentinians up. And I think all week they'll be talking about that second half. And it, it, it's not going to pose a problem for us because we're freaks right now. But it's something that we should draw our attention to. <laughs> Can I just give it up to New Zealand? They have been this good at rugby for a hundred fucking years. Like ever, forever in rugby they've been this good. You, 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 like you see other sporting teams, whether it's the Patriots recently in the NFL or the St George Dragons 50 years ago in rugby league or the Melbourne Storm right now or Man United in the early 2000s or the Australian cricket team in the 90s and early 2000s. It isn't absurd to dominate for 10 years. It isn't absurd to dominate for a generation and two generations later dominate again. I mean, American sport these days, it's all pile on. You get all the superstars of one team and, and you know, you see five years of success. They have just forever dominated. They, they just drop a semi every three World Cups. Other than that, they just dominate. It's just it's mind blowing to me. Such a small population, and, and I guess I'm just going to Jim's point. It, like, blokes are running on. I don't even know their names for the All Blacks, and I'm just like, oh well, he's the best hooker I've ever seen. <laughs> can Can I just say my uh, my record as within Football Manager um, equals the standard of of of, of the All Blacks. Um, so <laughs> I don't know about you two. It's, it's a similar record. Yeah, uh, no, my, my my favorite sport teams. They can't even win for three or four years, mate. Let alone the dynasty that they've got. So uh, yeah, absolutely incredible. Like, um, what is that? That cultural ties, like because you look at money or population. It's absurd that, uh, you know, a France or an England with these huge player pools um, just have it like, why are they so freaking good, man? Obviously, it's an amalgamation of many things. Mm. It's it's the legacy. It's the nobility that goes with the sport. It's unrivaled for television time or or Mm. kids wanting to participate. And then you throw that in. You throw that in with, like, some of the top coaching in the world in in a bubble of respect. And, and and competition and opportunity to play, it's just it's unmatched, and it's always cold there too. There's not much else going on. <laughs> There's not much else to do. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That 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 was a thought I had during the Argentina game because I actually got a little bit bored in the second half because it was just boys playing men. And yeah, Argentina stepped up in the second half. But fuck, the, the, I knew which way this was going, and because the All Blacks had made so many changes. They just weren't executing. They were just dropping the final pass or stuffing something up. Um, but my thought was just, how do they do it? Like, how do they just keep doing it? Systems. Um, just, yeah, systems, culture, belief, everything, really. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on Systems is a big thing. You, you're just uh, so good at, at, at moving out certain players and seamlessly moving someone in and that they play uh, – a very similar style all the way through the age groups. Whereas, for example, England, it's very much uh, decentralized and you do what you want. So I think that that key of being following same systems, patterns, elite, elite athleticism um, and just winning culture and just, uh, it's just unbelievable. Just absolutely outstanding. I'm not anticipating them to be knocked off the mantle anytime soon. You will get a team who can manage some terrific form, like you said, over a three, four-year mm. period, but there's no way they're going to stand the test of time. I, I do so. think at that level, though, at the level we're talking, it is a game of inches. Um, 
especially when you come to a knockout competition like a World Just about Cup. to say that. Like I don't, I don't think anyone's going to consistently beat them anytime soon. But once it comes to a knockout competition, the, the, the you know, even this South Africa season, we're fucking going nuts for us, and rightfully so. We were brilliant. But a couple of things change, we lose both those games. Don't do that, Blake. No, no, I'm not doing it. It was amazing. But what I'm saying at this elite level, it's a game of inches, right? Like Lions, South Africa, every everything is really, really close. And in a knockout comp, that, that's where they're beatable. Um, yeah, because you want to play it sort of risk-free. When it's a semi-final where the result fucking matters more than you think, you want to play super tight. You want to just play the game out and see what they're going to do and sort of react to that rather than play with this free-flowing sort of play what's in front of you mindset, which... I don't know where I'd go. If I was a professional coach, I wouldn't know what I would do. All right. Um, last two things for me really quickly. Has Quaid's sort of emergence, is Noah going to go backwards from this? Backwards is in back to Canberra, yeah. Anyway, just more time. We'll see you in a couple of years. He'll be back on that stage and he'll be better than what he was. I think that's true. I don't think he'll go backwards. I just think he'll stay as he is. He'll be a very good super. He'll be a not very good. He'll be a good super rugby player. Um, I just feel like at the moment, if Quaid's in there for the long run, I just feel like someone like uh, uh, the Tars 10 or the uh, Melbourne, uh, what's the Melbourne Rebels 10, the, the, the freak kid. Uh, he, he, he both of them time. might. Yeah, Carter, Carter, Gordon Carter. Gordon Carter, Carter. that's it. Might, they might usurp him, you know. So in terms of where he's at, particularly, uh, I think he's in a position where he just needs to go back and, and play good rugby for the Brumbies. But I don't see him getting in that Wallaby jersey for a while. If he has been coached well, he should be leaving this feeling inspired after having a great sort of series against France and then getting shown who's the boys and who are the men. He should be leaving here, seeing Quaid perform, inspired to be like, fuck, dude, I want to be better. I want to play better and I want to be a part of this. Go home, just do 100 crunches before bed. Put it in a Netflix docker. Just yeah. fucking the time he was dropped and then just montage, 80s montage That's of sit-ups. No, Stan will run it for sure, as if Stan won't run that shit. Yeah. Dying for content. I've, been watching, I've been watching the F1 Drive to Survive. You guys watch that? No, I can't say I have. No, but yeah. It's, it's quality, man. Like I was just like, what's this sport about? What's going it's a great sport, here? man. What's this? what's this rich man thing? And I'm just in, man. I can't wait for the Ration Grand Prix. Yeah, I've only heard good things. I've never got into it, but apparently it's um, really gripping when you get into it. it. But it's just so much theatre. There's so much. Oh, hell yeah. No matter what happens, it's just this could be a crash and everything that they've done up until that point, it's over. There's like rivalries within each organisation. It, it's really cool. There's a lot of drama going on. <laughs> All right. I'll take your word for it. Great, a great upsell, by the way. I'm too busy watching replays of the Wallabies beating the Bockies. Mm. Or listening to my favourite uh, podcast, the Rugby Report Card. Uh, that's yeah, all I do. Straight, just listen. baby. Damn, yeah, straight absolutely. Hey, which uh, Super Rugby team does Quay play for? I think I play for the Force, just because I think the Tars are what to stick with uh, uh, Will Harris. Harrison, and um, I think uh, that's the only option is to go for him to go for the Force. Why would he go to Sydney, man? He's got no ties in Sydney. Yeah, Tars are not even an option. Just, just picture this. I, I know you hate the Tars, Jim, but I know you're a fan, Richard. Just imagine Samu Karevi gets a contract, plays 12, Quay Cooper 10, Parise 13. Outstanding. Play Will Harrison at 15, Gordon at 9. Imagine that back line. Michael Hooper's back. Hell, let's dream. Latu and Skelton come back, throw McMahon contract. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I love the fact that you're dreaming that they all play for the Tars, Blake. That's, that's, that's no, big I'm of you. No, I'm a Brumbies Thanks, fan, but the Brumbies don't need those bums. No, nah, they're going, they got to go. Really? <laughs> Calling more bums. they got to go to the force, but it's going to be tough getting them outside of Queensland, man. It's going to be definitely tough to get them outside of that. Um, obviously, Brad Thorne's not signing Quade. Yeah. yeah, they hate each other. That's not happening. Yeah, it's yeah. got to go to Perth. Perth seems the most likely option. Um, I did want to touch on... Because some of those drone shots, how I've never been there, but how fucking nice of a stadium does Suncorp look? Has any, have you guys ever been there? No, it was old mate's old man was the architect. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's del- I'm, it's fucking out. It looks incredible. I'm so used to going to the SCG and squinting. Yeah, Sydney Sydney has been poor for quite a while. SF, what's the one out Parramatta? That's a nice stadium. Bank West. Yeah, Bank West. Yeah. It is. It's, it's nice. Not. It's not Suncorp, but. Yeah. But I'm not going. That'd be great, eh? <laughs> I'm not going either. <laughs> there you go. There's the next time we can go to Queensland, we'll go to Queensland and watch some rugby, yeah? 
That's yeah. Should we should we project to next week? Absolutely. Done. So 5.05, great time slots. Is the Wallabies at five again? Because I couldn't stand that. That was horrible. That's not for parents, is it? No, it's definitely not. You've got to beg, borrow, and steal to to get any of that five o'clock game in. See, I love it. I loved the five. All right. I love the day-night classic. You told me the other day you just clocked 90 hours on Assassin's Creed. None of us want to hear it. Yeah, an F one drive to <laughs> That's succeed. That's how long it takes. How many? How many Netflix shows? That's have you how watched? long the games take. Seriously, huh? How much Netflix are you watching, mate? Seriously, you got Drive to Succeed. Is, do, do, do you even ever get out of the house? I just like just these midnight hours when you've got no structure, like I've got. You don't know what's going on. But you can turn up. So you just look up. It's three a.m. and then the NFL's kicking off. So you put that on. It's outstanding. Yeah. Oh. You can still turn up to a Zoom late. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, but fucking Assassin's Creed, that's how long it takes, Matt. Oh. And every time I'm playing it, she, she comes out and says, what's going on? I'm just riding a horse around. All you do in that game is fucking ride a horse. I did, Jim, we've we've got children. We've got no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, um, you've lost, <laughs> lost man. <laughs> anyway, my point is, is I think there's something about the day-night game, the kickoff in the day, the final whistle in the night. There's something about it that I love. And maybe no one's with me, but if you're with me, give me some. None of this comp is going to be outside of lockdown, is it? No. No. God, that would have been nice to catch the last round at a pub or something. Yeah. Oh, God, wouldn't that be nice? Oh, Jim, just think. I reckon the Japanese test will be at a suitable time. Yeah, that might be. That might be. Oh, boy. I don't know what the dad hours are, but just concerned by the noise that Blake's making as well. Sorry, I was, I was thinking about the statue from last week. I lost it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Quaid one, right? <laughs> now, there's an erect dick reference. Yeah, um, I know. I know. I was, I was yeah. Anyway, <laughs> New Zealand against the Bockies. Yeah, you can't possibly not tip New Zealand here. No. I'm going 15 plus. I'm annoyed though because I thought this three weeks ago. Wind the tape back. Looking at the podcast, I said New Zealand would smash him. Smash him. You both spat on me virtually. Whoa, 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 whoa! And now whoa. I'm annoyed that that is the spat on you. Yeah, it came through the screen, hit me in the face. It was horrible. Um, but now that is the that's the norm. I'm annoyed. I wish I wish the Springboks were going to this riding their high horse. And they got smashed. But I think we'll expect them to lose now, and they will lose. I reckon it'll be close for 40 minutes, though. Yeah, but as you, to, to give credit to your point a little bit ago, it's just one game. I expect them to lose comfortably, too, but it's just one game. They could get their uh, yeah. 50-50 calls go their way. Uh, suddenly they start to execute, you know, and it's a lot closer. And they could nick a win. I don't think they will, yeah. but they could because it's just no. one game. I wonder if they've got this circled on their calendar. I wonder if this little two series, two test little series is going to be something that means something to them. I think it meant everything to them and they probably overlooked the Wallabies. But so what? It's come and it's gone who gives a shit. Here's, Here's a test and here's a standard you want to set yourself to. They don't play the All Blacks as often as we do. Here's something that means something and can get some genuine feedback on your style of game and how it measures up neutral stadium is an opportunity they've just got to fucking show up they've got to play 80 minutes and they've got to get out of their second gear they've got to bring that lion's mentality where it's literally head on the block no i hear but 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 you've caught you've caught been caught doing treason against the king there's no part of the game i can see it we pumped them at breakdown this week the all bikes pumped us at breakdown line outs yeah south africa were better than us but it was close to parity. New Zealand pumped us. Scrums, I, I think I think South Africa will have the edge over New Zealand. Every other aspect of the game, except yeah. kicking in play, New Zealand win by a landslide. Now, do you really want to kick to New Zealand? Yeah. Look, I'm on. I don't think they're going to win at all. And I think this is the most insulting thing you could say to an athlete, but they need to play with a little pride here. <laughs> When they they just didn't seem they were that into it when they were playing against Australia. Like there was there wasn't a hunger, there wasn't a want that you saw in that Lions contest. Where I'll push back is I think there is. They just can't chase. They have to lead. Yeah, that that could be. And I think that they they came out fired up, and then before they knew it, they were behind by eight. And that, mate, at the start of the half, start of the second half, they were in front. Yeah, there's your lead. Yeah. Crunch time. Thirty minutes on the clock. Where's the pride? There is none. I haven't seen it. 
Richard, that's me. Richard, what do you think? What, what, what's your point differential? Yeah, no, I, I, I thought, you know, I agree with that point. As I've said before, like it, it could be, it, it's just one game. I think if you look at the individual facets, yes, New Zealand are better than all of those areas than South Africa at the moment. But it just, again, goes back to that point. If they get the right call in the first 15, 20 minutes and they're up ahead and they start to chip away, I could see them, uh, you could see them nicking it. But I just don't see that happening. But would I be surprised if it did? No, but I'd also wouldn't be surprised if the All Blacks win by 25 either. Who's playing 10 for the All Blacks? Malung is out of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but he's out of quarantine. I still don't think they'll play him, if I'm honest. I think I don't think um, I don't think uh, uh, Damon McKenzie did a, did enough this week either. Do, do you? I liked him. I thought the rest of the backline didn't offer him much, but you know, might have been because you changed your ten. Who knows? Uh, Fuck! What a I think he's a clear now. three for me. Oh yeah, now. absolutely. I just I just feel like if you go back to Bowden, it's a little bit more uh, tried and tested to a to a certain point, but. Um, yeah, it's just exciting. I, I'm still excited by the game, even though the South Africa lost by uh, lost those two games. I just think it's going to be a really good watch, and and yeah, um, so I'm excited for the game. You know, there's a fourth Barrett. Oh, you'd feel bad for him. He was the oldest brother, played a bit of Super Rugby, but never made it. Oh, that's got to hurt. How tough's Christmas? How tough's Christmas? Because he was first through, probably had the talent, but just couldn't be asked. Crazy. If he was the last Barrett, he would have been inspired by the older brothers and felt a bit of pressure. When you're the first, yeah, whatever. Brutal, eh? Brutal. Geordie's just sculling schooners, doing whatever he wants. And the fuck whatever he the wants. Fuck? The oldest Barrett, Dude, mate. Geordie is tall. Geordie Barrett is a tall. He's player. such a fucking good footballer, mate. Yeah, he's so tall he can, like, kick players in the head. It's, like, pretty impressive. <laughs> I've actually been watching that across a couple of codes and a lot of people catch with that flying boot. Mm, they do. That test boot. Mm. Um, I, I do think maybe the Wallabies should try it. Because nothing else is working. Unless that kicking blokes in the face might help. Yeah. Um, and you, you obviously saw the training session they did at Bannings. Yeah, with, with the, the broom. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Tom Banks had his, uh, didn't work. No, Hod Chad is, uh, what was it? Tom Banks had his eye on the ball and dropped it even in the the picture that they posted. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. I saw that. That was rough. Uh, <laughs> bottom of a broom hurts, but don't rule it out. The bottom getting stabbed with the bottom of the broom, it shit hurts. Yeah. <laughs> um, Australian, Argentina, I got us. Oh, I'm, I'm going um, within nine, but. No justification, just leave it just leave there. <laughs> no, I've got a feeling it'll be close too because it always is against Argentina. I always think, ah, oh, finally, breathing space. And then for some reason we just never play very well against them. Um, and, and they are a very good defensive side. Um, they're not the set-piece size they used to be, um, and I think we'll have the edge over them there, but they are very good at defending. Um, so we'll have to be very patient and treat them with respect. And if we're patient and treat them with respect, I think we win comfortably. Um, but if we kick the corner, don't take our threes, think we're going to walk all over them, we could blink and be in a really close arm wrestle with not long to go. Uh, and I've already started texting shit talk to the Argentinian who works with us. Um, so it's really important we get this done. Yeah. My tip here is Lavanini, if he gets picked and Philip to have a dust up. Um, I'm loving the look of the new 10 they're running, the young 10 coming in. Sanchez is on his way out, so it's exciting for Isn't them too. Isn't that young 10, though, playing wing over in Europe? No idea, mate. He's just never. He's just not a 10. He plays wing and fullback. Isn't he? I could just be making shit up. That's what I heard. No, you're probably right. I don't know. Richard's our European correspondent. I invented a Barrett brother and you all just went with it, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. He's real, I swear. <laughs> And then Buffelli, Buffelli, the magician. Um, I got him for a try scorer, Lavanini and Philip for a dust up, and um, the 10 to make meters. I love how you're already making excuses already, boys. Like, surely you just won two back to back. What happened to like the arrogance of just, yeah, we're going to win by 20? Because consistency has been our problem. And I, look how stoked we are after two wins, mate. And we're fucking, <laughs> all the articles are saying we're winning the World Cup. Hey, good luck. Good luck. It's a promising squad, though, two years from now, the Swallowy squad. Oh, absolutely. It'd be a great World Cup. Looking forward to it. Look at Angus Bell, Taniela Tupo. Look at the age of those front rowers. Even our shitty hookers, but even our second rowers, six and eight, like it is a young team. The real question Dude. is, does Sean McMahon get into this squad? Yes. If the rumours are true, 
If while I'm here and out of the town, mine is, he's got to play. Mine is I can't not play Pete Samo. He's been our best off the bench two weeks in a row. I want Pete yeah. Samo off Get the bench. Get rid of Swinton. Yeah, fuck off Swinton. No, I kind of feel the same way. Yeah. Get rid of Swinton. I think that's an easy decision to make. Yeah, I feel like that's the answer. Yeah. Pretend it was because of his Pretend tackle technique it. was perfectly fine. Yeah, that people yeah are go home it. and work on that. Mate. Yeah. Yeah. Take the summer to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a picture um, but, of I saw a picture of McMahon. And I think he had a shirt tucked in as well, so that gives uh, extra points. What's happening in Japan? It's the just the Japanese culture, man. Everything's clean and tucked in. Is Bowden Barrett been tucked since he returned? I don't think so. He's a Kiwi Barrett, pigs. Yeah, <laughs> won't change for anyone. <laughs> uh, I was being too oh, nice dear. to them, you know. Got to bring the rivalry back. Uh, okay, all right. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, oh, before we do wrap up if we are heading that way i think we all need to fucking just michael hooper mm. test caps fucking water god mm. if someone deserves a statue at the scg pop it up yeah and i think for too long for too long not being an out and out seven with a capital seven um there was a lot of pocop shadow there um, and he was captain in dark days for the Wallabies. So I think he was a bloke who, who didn't get the praise probably until this season, until we missed him, until the Tars realised how much they needed him and the Wallabies realised he was the glue. Um, I think we're finally waking up and smelling the roses to how bloody good Michael Hooper is, has always been. Um, and with time, once he retires and throws some time in between, that shit will become godlike. Yeah. It'll be it'll be a myth. Like your kids' kids will be telling their kids that Michael Hooper once walked this earth. But even remember, it wasn't that long ago on this podcast we we're answering questions from Twitter, should he be the captain? Yes, mate, he should definitely be the captain. We should have a statue of him. <laughs> yeah, but after three losses, you know, questions here. Oh, you lose three, you piss <laughs> right off. <laughs> Sort of charity. Oh, all right, people. Well, it was nice to do a uh, upbeat chat, boys, and I'm, I'm actually, I said this last week, and I'm really glad that uh, you boys won, and uh, hopefully it's a sign of goodness for you guys moving forward, and uh, South Africa could relook at uh, their strategy and, and tactics and everything. So uh, good week, and I hope that you get another good week next week as well. Yeah, and to, I just can't express how nice it is as a Wallaby fan to feel good about your team. Um, it sounds it sounds fickle, but it genuinely matters for a lot of Aussie rugby fans out there who've stuck with this team through thick and thin. And 13 days is all it took, and I feel marvellous. I feel like John Howard in my green and gold. <laughs> On the march. Pen your letter, mate. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Cheers. Get your, get your tap.